0: Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thrizer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello, welcome to session 215 of Selling the Couch. Hope you're having a wonderful day. I know that this episode is going live in January, but I'm actually recording this in early December. And I'm recording this and I strained something in my back. And so if I feel a little bit, if I'm a little bit winded as I'm talking, that's the reason I, I don't know exactly what happened. I think it's the result of probably holding Chloe just on my left side over and over again, since I'm a lefty and I didn't think through that, probably the repetitive strain of that is probably not a good idea. But if you could send me some positive thoughts, your way just for healing, I, I do feel better and uh, I know it'll recover, but if you could send me some positive thoughts that would be much appreciated today's topic is all about I call it private practice in the age of online reviews I know that this topic is something that we often think about as clinicians in private practice what happens when a client leaves a review and what if it's a negative review and how does those reviews impact the therapeutic relationship, how does it impact future clients who are coming to see me? My guest is Dr. Keeley Combs. They are a psychologist based in California, and Keeley actually did some research into this. And so what Kili did was create an anonymous survey to learn about the experiences of therapy clients who had accessed either personal or professional information about their clinician and what happened as a result of accessing this information. So we basically cover a couple of different things and mainly we're covering the top findings from this survey. And the first area is what happens when clients find reviews about their current therapist. And then the second area is what happens when clients find reviews about their former therapist. And then finally, what happens about clients leaving reviews about their therapist? So what made them leave reviews? Did they leave reviews? That kind of stuff. This is topic I think is going to be really interesting, and I think if anything, I hope that it's encouraging for you. So, before we do get to today's podcast conversation, I just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Wellnessfy for supporting this month's podcast episodes. Wellnessfy is a cloud-based bookkeeping and tax advisory firm that specializes in serving therapists, counselors, and mental health private practitioners they actually have a really cool service, which is a full-scale monthly service that is custom-built to our practices. So it ensures that all your operations are compliant and your money flow is completely optimized. And then wellness WellnessFly clients also receive bookkeeping, tax advisory, and complimentary tax preparation services that have been designed to save them well beyond what the service costs. And if you look on the site you'll realize it's quite reasonably priced i've actually gotten to know the founder eddie here here in the last couple of months his wife is actually a therapist in private practice so i think he has that experience as well you can learn more about wellness over at selling the couch.com forward slash wellness fi we'll get right to today's podcast conversation so here's my conversation with dr keely combs hey keely Welcome back to Selling the Couch.
1: Thank you so much, Melvin. It's nice to be here.
0: I'm really grateful that we've been able to connect and I'm so grateful. Just to let you guys know that are listening, I had mentioned to Keeley, they did some research a while ago and I had mentioned to Keeley, I was like, hey, we should have you back on the podcast. And Keely was like, yeah, sure. And then you followed up with me because I completely forgot. And uh, I think it's daddy brain but uh, I'm really grateful you followed up so
1: sure and I'm happy to be back and talk a little bit about this recent publication
0: yeah sounds good so I wanted to kind of start at the top which is so you decided to do an anonymous survey to learn about the experiences of therapy clients who had accessed personal or professional information about their clinician on the internet what made you want to do this
1: yeah The reason I wanted to do this was I've been struggling with the Yelp problem, as I think many therapists have begun to think of it for a while. And I get so many consultation calls from therapists who found negative reviews about themselves online, or just even positive reviews, and not really sure how to handle it in their practices. And I was already doing research on the impact on the therapy of clients discovering information about their therapist online. And also I had done another research set with Dr. Dan Taub about therapists finding information about their clients online. You know, So we wanted to look at what happens to the clinical relationship from the client side when they see information online. So our study was more of a general study about all of the information, but then we had a subset of questions about online reviews really to find out more about people who are finding them or leaving them, and how it affects their feelings about the therapy. That was something that we wanted to learn more about.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. So you broke down the findings kind of into three areas. And I thought we could just, you know, kind of Focus on each of those three areas. So, the first area was clients finding reviews about their current therapist. The second area was clients finding reviews about their former therapist. And then the final area was clients leaving reviews about their therapist. So, Keely, why don't we start at the top in terms of your findings? So, what did you find in terms of clients finding reviews about their current therapist?
1: So, I should say we broke it up into two groups those who actually left a review. And then those who found a review. So I want to point out that we were starting overall with an N of 131. That was the total number of those who both left or found reviews. And that 82 of those people, which was 64%, they found a review. Mm -hmm. And 47 of those people, which was 57%, they said the review was positive. And 26, which was 32%, found mixed reviews. And then 11%, which was nine people found negative reviews. So the first thing was that most of the reviews that were found were positive. And, you know, maybe like a third, about half found positive and about a third found mixed. And 62% of the people who found reviews didn't think that the review had any effect on their feelings about treatment. And, you know, that's useful because one of the anxieties that I hear from therapists is, you know, are these reviews going to negatively affect people coming to my practice or those who are in it? Whereas 20%, a small minority, felt that the review did have an effect on their feelings about the treatment. And, Then there was an 18% other, which I won't be able to get into the details of that today.
0: I mean, I don't know, you just sharing that, I think the word that came to me was like, that feels very liberating, you know, because I know that a lot of therapists, they hear reviews and, and they have this fear that, oh my gosh, if somebody has left me a negative review, is that going to impact a potential client reaching out to me?
1: Right, right. And, you know, what we thought was really interesting, though, was kind of when, you know, if we had this hunch, let's say, or a hypothesis that positive reviews would have a good effect on people in your practice. One of the discoveries from the data was that sometimes even the positive reviews made clients feel uncomfortable. You know, now we, noting that this is the 20% who felt that the review had an effect on their feelings about treatment. Some of the comments were positive. Like one person felt really validated about their therapist who they, they weren't connecting with. Hmm. So, you know, it was a a kind of a weird positive impact on the client was feeling like, Oh, okay. It's not just me.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: like the way I'm perceiving this person, in this very private interaction, now I have an opportunity to learn that others have experienced to this person in this way. So that's kind of a positive effect in a strange way. Whereas the ones who saw positive reviews of those who felt that it affected them negatively, there were comments like, well, you know, this made therapy seem less personal. And that was not positive for me. And another person said, I was upset that the therapist was so close to this other person who left the review. So this is kind of, you know, it's kind of a a deeper level than I think we were originally thinking about, but how even positive reviews can affect people who you're working with, who, who feel like suddenly their connection with you has been invaded in some way.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. So I think what you're saying, please correct me if I'm wrong, Is that so? A positive review can be perceived in different ways by clients.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That positive reviews, we assume, or we, you know, some people may have assumed this is all good for everybody, but that there are people who are coming to you that it may give them a window into the connection you have with other people and that that may have a ripple effect on them.
0: It's really interesting. Anything else that you found in terms of, Clients finding reviews about their current therapist that would that was notable?
1: I think these are kind of the main this is the main data that I pulled out to share with you. There's some juicier things that we can get into <laughs> a little later.
0: Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> By the way, I find it awesome that we are talking we used the word juicy and data all in one <laughs> podcast <laughs> conversation.
1: Data is the juiciest. <laughs>
0: So the second area is clients finding reviews about their former therapists. What did you guys find in terms of that?
1: Yeah, we found that 65% had mixed feelings about this, but 32% felt better about the treatment they received. So a third feeling like this, this was useful to read this. And then 16% felt worse. And I just pulled a couple of comments out to kind of illustrate what, how this came out quanti- qualitatively. One person, one quote was, her arrogant treatment of me, you know, by reading the review, I saw that her arrogant treatment of me wasn't all my fault, but just how she was generally. So this is a person who really didn't have a good experience in therapy and was able to depersonalize it when they read another negative review. But then we also had a person who said, after reading the positive comments about her work, I wondered if my own criticisms of my therapist were misguided. So what's interesting here is that we, you know, we had seen some people feeling validated But then we also see some people kind of wondering about their own perceptions of the therapy, of the person, you know, sort of kind of having it shake their belief in their own perceptions.
0: Yeah. It's, I don't know. I keep going back to this thing of there, I mean, it's, it's, these reviews are, depending on it's getting interpreted in different ways, which is very fascinating. You're right. Like it's a different layer that I know that personally I would not have even anticipated.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I think getting these comments was so useful because just the numbers alone really don't convey the depth of how complicated this can be. Right. You know, whenever before did we have a chance to actually go and see comments about our therapist. This is a very this is a very timely and unique thing.
0: And uh, you said, you know, like 65% had mixed reviews, right? And 16% had worse. So, was there any data or anything that you were able to glean in terms of like how it actually affected their their mental health or as a result of seeing that review?
1: You know, so I want I want to clarify that 65% was mixed feelings when seeing reviews about the former therapist. So, we asked more about feelings that people had and we had a, a range we had a list of feelings they experienced and i didn't pull that out for today but we didn't ask that other question which i think is a perfect question for future research how do you feel like this actually affected your mental health issues because the feelings about treatment you know may be separate from whether their symptoms were resolved. Did my depression or my anxiety get worse after seeing a review for those who are currently in therapy? That would be a great question to ask.
0: Yeah, that would be very fascinating for sure. Any other like sort of insights on that on that aspect of clients finding reviews about their former therapists?
1: Nothing that I felt would really contribute to this this conversation. I know at the end, I will be sharing with you a link where people can delve deeper into the actual write-up in more detail. But I think I think those are the headlines really on that group. Right,
0: sounds good. And then the the third area that that you focused on was clients leaving reviews about their therapist. So just to make sure that I understood that correctly, so these are current clients that are leaving reviews of their therapist while still in therapy?
1: Actually, we have something. We, so what we had is 16% of folks left reviews of that 131 of, for a current therapist. And 37 of people of those leaving them said it was positive. 22%. Let me back up a minute. This was from the entire group, how many people left reviews. And 37 said they left a positive review. 22% left a negative review. 6% left mixed reviews. And 59% were still working with the same person. But this is of this number of 49 people. I want to clarify that because it can get a little confusing the way we broke out the groups. Does that make sense to you?
0: Yeah, it does. So you're sort of looking at the total number.
1: Right, of the 49... 37 left a positive review of their therapist.
0: So I guess, what do you think that, that means?
1: Well, so one of the things that we really wish we had asked, you find out all the gaps in your research once you're like make, trying to make sense of the data. It's hard to know what that means because one of the questions we realized, boy, we really should have asked this, is what was the impetus for the review? You know, such a core <laughs> core and useful thing to know if we do this again is why, you know, was it because they were browsing Yelp and just saw someone else's therapist had a review? Was it that they saw their therapist had a negative review, which was a comment that came up, but we didn't ask this of everyone or did something negative happen in the therapy and they they were angry and they went and kind of expressed it in this way?
0: That would be really interesting to know that data.
1: Yes, and and then there was one person, one person who said that their therapist asked for the review and this comment was my therapist sent an email to all of her clients asking us to leave reviews, telling us that, you know, it was a choice that we had and we wouldn't have to reveal any identifying information. And so, you know, that raised a few questions for us. Like, how does this person know it went to all clients? You know, was it that it like were everyone's names in the email or was it just like dear client, you know, some way that kind of indicated that it went to everyone. But, you know, that is a violation of all of our ethics codes. You know, the ethics codes of for all disciplines say you don't ask clients, you don't solicit reviews or testimonials. And then the the part where the person said that our therapist said, we wouldn't have to share any identifying information also conveys a little lack of awareness about how most of these sites operate because most people have accounts with some identifying information. I mean, you can make a dummy account to leave a review, but It almost appears that the therapist asking for this wasn't necessarily aware that she might be asking people to identify themselves by requesting these reviews.
0: Right. I have a really random question, and if you don't know the answer, that's totally okay. But I feel like I've seen this enough in online communities where a therapist gets a negative Yelp review or negative just on any like online review site. And usually the initial reaction is panic, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: What is a clinician to do in a scenario like that?
1: Well, most of them call me. (laughs) Some of them call their malpractice provider, you know, to find out what they can do. And usually the answer is not a whole lot. Like, you know, I tell people to get support, to connect with the people who feel good about their work, like former supervisors. You know, there's not very much we can ethically do. We can't respond to a review in any way that confirms that the person has been in our care. So, unlike other businesses, we can't really say, hey, that's not true, (laughs) that's not what happened, or even, I'm sorry that happened. Because just because the client has left a review, we need to get a standard release of information and usually that is for people who are directly involved in the patient care so just because someone has left a review doesn't mean that you can interact with them about their experience on the review site and it is also considered protected speech so you know there have been some attempts legally to sue people or force them to re- remove that information but it is it's free speech
0: yeah it's a tricky world we live in now with these online reviews right Especially given the nature of the work that we do, which is so personal. And, you know, and I I know that these reviews, a lot of times, especially the negative ones, they can be, you know, quite hurtful, you know? Yes. So, Healy, I'm so grateful for you. I just, all the work that you're doing in the world. All of this insight that you've learned. Is there anything else? Like, I guess looking at this, looking at all of this data, what would you say is like the biggest takeaway that we can employ into how we think about our practices?
1: So, there are a few takeaways, and one of them actually intersects with your question about what people can do about reviews. And it's not so much what you can do after the review, but it's things to think about even before you get reviews. Or things to implement into your practice. One, we want people to know that most people didn't believe that seeing online reviews had an impact on their feelings about the therapy. So this is promising for people who, who worry that a negative review will... This is promising for people who fear that a negative review will harm their business in the eyes of current patients. And we also think it's good for therapists to search for themselves just to be aware of what clients might find about them and to use clinical consultation to rehearse and prepare for these conversations in therapy, you know, making sure that they know that clients might see this and they might want to add to their social media policies. If they have one that, you know, if you see something about me on the internet, even online reviews, that it's okay to bring that into therapy to normalize that that could happen And then we also encourage therapists to use outcome measures or other satisfaction surveys. Like I've created one called Getting Better that I use so that I can collect data in an ethical way that's not testimonials and use that for marketing your services. So you have an alternative place to route people so they can find out what other people thought about working with you off of the review sites. That's
0: awesome. Is there a link or or that we can learn more about getting better? Is that something that's available for purchase or?
1: Yes. And if you give me a minute, I will tell you where you can get it. (laughs) You would go to drkholms.com slash shop. And in the shop, you can see getting better client satisfaction survey. And I also wanted to share that link where people could find the write-up of this research that we did.
0: Yes, definitely. Yeah. Would you mind sharing with us? And I'll definitely put that on the show notes page as well.
1: Sure. That's drkholmes.com. And that's D-R-K-K-O-L-M-E-S, drkholmes.com slash research. And all of my research is compiled there. And at the very top, people will see Yelp psychotherapy in the time of online consumer reviews.
0: Keely, I'm grateful for this conversation. I feel like there's just So much, I feel like my brain is spinning in terms of just all the things that, you know, we can, I can both employ and I can think about, especially, you know, as as we're in private practice and we live in this world of online reviews and I'm I'm grateful for the work that you're doing in the world.
1: Thank you so much. And it's always a pleasure to hear who you're talking to and see what's up there on your in your podcast. So thank you for kind of getting all, this, all of these folks and information available to other people.
0: You're so welcome. Have a great rest of your day.
1: Okay, you too.
0: Hey there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Keely. And especially if you've had or been in a situation where you've had to deal and struggle with getting online reviews, which I think is going to inevitably happen to most, if not all of us. I hope that this episode has been just encouraging for you. Keely mentioned a number of resources. And again, you can find that on the show notes page for today's episode, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 215. And then you can also find a link. Directly to the article that Keeley mentioned, as well as the getting better outcome measure that Keeley uses in their private practice. You know, one of the things I, I was just reflecting on this conversation, and and one of the biggest sources of encouragement that I had was, I think when I thought about like all nine reviews, I always had this like fear of getting negative reviews and that it would just sabotage and end my career as a private practitioner and. I think hearing this study was just encouraging on on that level as well. So, as we wrap up again, I just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Wellnessfy for supporting today's podcast session. Again, Wellnessfy is a cloud-based bookkeeping and tax firm that focuses on helping therapists and clinicians in private practice. They've actually helped individual therapists save up to sixteen thousand dollars a year by getting their taxes right. You know, one of the things. I think about, especially both private practice and selling the couches, you know, it's not necessarily the income that we make. That is very important. But how do we shelter that income in a in a legal way, right? And one that is in accordance with tax laws. And so a company like Wellness Fi can help with that because most of us are not accounting experts. So you can learn more about Wellness fi over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash wellness fi. And be sure to mention that we connected on the podcast. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com.